Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, Derek Thompson writes for the Atlantic, and he uh, he talks a lot about work and technology, and that's uh, I'm sorry, he writes about that sort of thing. And he put out the word to readers: "Tell me what people don't get about your job." And he said, "I thought we might receive several dozen replies. Instead, we received several hundred. Hmm. We heard from teachers and professors, opera singers and orchestra musicians, corporate execs, tech workers, screenwriters, playwrights, sailors, and summer camp directors. Opera singers." What don't I get about your job? You walk out on stage and sing in a foreign language. I think I get everything. Uh, today, he says, I'm presenting more than two dozen replies in alphabetical order from aid workers to timpanists for a metropolitan uh, orchestra. Boom, 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 boom. You got two drums, two, maybe three if you're super fancy. How hard can that be? Please. <laughs> Of course, I actually did play the timpani at times uh, in my high school uh, mm-hmm. orchestra, did you? Uh, just for fun. And if you make a mistake, everybody knows. That's it. what I was going to say. <laughs> I might only have a couple of notes I got to jam here and here in this little section, but if I don't do it in the right spot, it's going to be very noticeable. Yeah. Whereas I can yeah. bury my bad trumpet playing uh, 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 among a cacophony of noise, and it's hard to tell. You could not play at all. Oh yeah, you could always if do you're that in a section. Yeah, <laughs> but there's only one timpani. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, here are some of the things, what people get wrong about my job. From the aid worker, I found this interesting. It isn't about charity. It's about politics and stability. International aid is almost never handing out bags of food or clothes to people. It's about working with national partners and hosting governments to build systems that deliver better for people. It's a lot more complicated than giving stuff away. International aid is not charity. It's an investment in geopolitical stability, and it is less than 1% of the federal budget in the U.S. Many countries devote higher percentages of their GDP to the U.S. Uh, think about that in relation to military spending when things fall apart, and you'll see it's really a bargain. So it's an investment in stability, which is a point I've tried to make. In the populist conservative circles, there are a lot of people who are against foreign aid because they see it as uh, as just giveaways. Um, charity to foreign people when we could use it at home. But it really is trying to keep stability around because an unstable world is an incredibly dangerous and expensive one. Yeah, we're heading toward finding that out, aren't we? Yeah, and it can be misused. But the other reality of it is you've got a regime that can either be a gigantic, expansive pain in your butt or they can be a frenemy. And how do you turn them from a pain in the butt to a frenemy? You bribe them. That's it's a lot easier than killing them and a lot cheaper. So that's that's why foreign aid exists. Uh, Book editor. I thought this was interesting. It's a sales job. A book editor spends 90 percent of their time working on selling a book. That is the publishing part. Only 10 percent of their time working with its author to make that book the best it can be. I had actually editing. I had no idea that. I only had a vague idea what editors do, too. I, uh, I took an editing class once. I've never understood that. I would think that if you're, if you could edit some great author's book, then why aren't you the author? That's what I've never understood. You know, I think it's, it's probably a lot like a, a basketball coach or a golf teacher. I've known some fabulous golf teachers who were good players, but they weren't great players. They're just good coaches. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Chef. Um, it's not like being a visual artist with food. It's more like being a middle manager. As a chef, most people assume that I spend my day eating food and making up new dishes. The reality is that I'm a middle manager who spends most of my time managing my employees, writing schedules, completing checklists, and placing orders. So much less glamorous than most people expect. Wow. Wow. So, so far what we're learning is you do a lot less of what the name of your profession is or the reason you got into the profession than people think yeah yeah absolutely um you know it's funny i've I've said to judy before once the show ends our job is solving problems dealing with all of our corporate uh, uh, partners sponsors uh the folks we work with the rest of it it's about putting out fires um but you know obviously there's a fair amount of jabbering in a microphones too for us there are a couple of different data scientists who he quotes the first one's answer i couldn't comprehend i mean i really uh, as the great don henley put it i stared at it like a cow at a passing train i uh <laughs> i didn't get it but data scientist number 2 i found interesting uh he says the most common misconception about data science is the amount of time we actually spend coding coding is probably uh, only 10% of our time and is often done in Chunks of time, three days of coding, then not much for a while. The vast majority of our time is Googling how to troubleshoot a bug, yeah. brainstorming how to code or solve a specific problem, learning new technologies and softwares, designing technical diagrams, etc. Uh, coding is uh, likely a smaller component of most tech jobs than the average person believes. Yeah, a researcher friend of mine spends a tremendous amount of time doing tech stuff, like the stuff that you have your uh, 
IT person do for your computer? They have to do themselves. They just spend a lot of time on that crap. Like yeah. the Microsoft program is saying, you know, yeah, you haven't paid for the rights to use this and your password doesn't work. The same crap you deal with. Ugh. That's what they do with like all day long. Oh, doesn't you know, it sound awful? At one point, we had a contest where we were trying to come up with the term for the utter exhaustion and despair you feel when you're when you're completely uh, befuddled and stymied by your technology. I can't right. remember what our favorite one was, oh, but uh, I hate that oh. feeling, though. So let me do a couple more, then maybe uh, we'll do some more next hour because I don't know. I find this interesting. Debate coach for high school hmm. said. There are a lot of people, a lot of things people don't understand about competitive debate. For one, people tend to overestimate the importance of rhetoric and formality. Using pretty words in a presidential debate might help you score some polling points, but nine times out of ten, competitive debate rounds are won on logic, not polish. For another, people tend to overstate the importance of facts. I know that sounds bad. What I really mean is that citing individual studies and statistics is unlikely to score you points with judges. Uh, it makes sense if you think about it. There's so much data out there that no individual number can f- capture the full scope of reality. Who cares if a poll shows that 60% of workers hate their jobs? Your opponents can point to another study claiming that only 15% of workers hate their jobs. And unless judges want to spend hours scouring the Internet to fact-check every single cited source, no one will get anywhere. Logic is much more convincing. That's per- interesting. Personally, I think everyone could benefit from a year or so of debate coaching. Debating helps you gain confidence, think critically, and be your way, BS your way through job interviews and presentations. But competitive debate is not an accurate recreation of any kind of real-life argument. There are strict and sometimes unintuitive standards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I liked the idea of, of people taking uh, you know, some debate coaching. It would be good for them. Um, but I'm also reminded that the trend in college debate, at least in high school debate, is that facts and logic don't count as much as emotion, your life experience, your truth. If you're more eloquent at expressing your truth, you've won the debate. Another example of the just insanity, a critical theory infecting, infecting education. And then one more, and then we'll uh, move on to other fair. An ER doctor says, yes, the job is incredibly stressful. That's why you have to be incredibly prepared. Um, uh, the truth is, unless you are a rookie, you have experienced many, many heart-wrenching situations where very bad things happen to people. Similarly, you encounter innumerable situations in, must, in which you must make critical decisions without much information when the well-being of a fellow human depends on that decision. But like the Boy Scouts, we are prepared. We are trained. We have necessary equipment. And we have a team to work with. We don't feel helpless. We feel we are doing what we are there for. Having said that, I experienced anxiety almost routinely in situations where I was behind and people were waiting hours to be taken mm. care of. That was stressful. I'll bet. Wow. Interesting. You know, it reminds me of the G.K. Chesterton quote we were talking about in hour one of the show, where a soldier surrounded by the enemy must want desperately to live, but be practically careless about death. That's the only way to fight your way out of that situation. An ER doctor must be utterly dedicated to helping people. But if they can't and things go the wrong way, got to move on. That would take a toll. Oh, yeah, I think so. Cops, uh, you know, anybody who responds to emergencies knows what, uh, you know, we're talking about. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I got my sexy pants on. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
park rangers in Mozambique city. It's a country in Africa where they've got lots of your big, giant, exotic uh, African animals. They're catching more and more poachers now because they've traded in their motorbikes for electric bikes from Sweden. Because they had motorcycles and the poachers could hear them from miles away, getting closer. So now they purr up on these electric bikes and bust them and save all the animals. Yeah, awesome. That's fabulous. Yeah. How interesting. Um, Anyway, uh, so uh, the element of surprise is very important, said one ranger. Forests and wetlands are the most difficult terrains for us to cross, but the silence of the bikes is by far and away the greatest attribute, as well as their very low running costs. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I gotta hate the whole the whole poaching thing. Oh, so yeah. awful, terrible, terrible. Yep. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, a different podcast, and they were talking about they were hoping that President Xi or any modern Chinese leader would have would have at some point, you know, pushed toward uh, these ancient ways to get a <laughs> don't work. So let's stop, you know, decimating the Bengal tiger or whatever it is that is. Uh, you know, elephant tusks or whatever the hell it is going on. Right, sure, yeah, yeah. But it shows you... The number, if you're not familiar with this, the number one reason, well, one of the main reasons animals are poached is because, according to some alleged 300-year-old Chinese tradition or whatever, they'll give you a better... You know, their claws or their tusks or their eyes or their bladder or whatever the hell else. It's all bunk. But they sell tons of this stuff. So you can kill a beautiful rhinoceros, or you could just get Viagra, which actually works. But the reason that President Xi or no leader has come forward and tried to do that is it just shows you how many people that they still depend on for support must believe that stuff in the year 2022. Mm -hmm. So there are millions and millions of Chinese people living out in the hinterlands, I'm assuming, that still believe that to get a better erection they need... Rhinoceros horn dust or something? Yeah. That's amazing. As I mentioned, my dad used to tell me as a kid, don't get tattoos on your eyeballs. Mm. He never actually told me that. It was a different generation. I feel like you don't need to be told that, but apparently this woman did. The headline is, I tattooed my eyeballs, now I'm going blind. Now, I wish our executive producer, Mike Hansen, had told me not to scroll down to see the picture of this woman. Because I screamed in horror, not because of her eyes, because she is one of those people that got her tongue forked. Oh, And as her tongue sticking out for the picture, I don't know if you've ever seen that. People have had their tongue split so they can be like a serpent. Nice forking tongue. This woman apparently has some need to be recognized by others for her outlandishness. Yeah, it's a desperation. It's sad. It is sad. It is. Everybody has it to some extent, you know, in your younger days and even in your older days. You put on, you know, your favorite tie or jacket or your best looking dress or whatever because you want to be recognized as, oh, look at that. That's special. But but some people are so desperate because they're sad or damaged or whatever. They go to incredible, ridiculous lengths. And I'm just talking about the tongue. We haven't even gotten to the eyeballs. Hindsight is 2020, says the New York Post. Good leading line. A mom of five wow, brushed off her daughter's advice to not get her eyeballs tattooed due to potential blindness. Now she is, wait for it, going blind. Why, macular degeneration? So I don't know how old her daughter was, but she was old enough to know, hey, mom, I'm not sure getting tattoos on your eyeballs is a good idea. 
So apparently she'd heard of this Australian model who I didn't know about who actually got her eyeballs tattooed a vivid blue to some success. Well, this woman got uh, tattoos on her eyeballs, and now she's losing her sight. <laughs> I was going to just get one eye tattoo at first because I thought sure. that if I go blind, at least I've got the other eye. I should have stuck with that, she says. My daughter told me that I didn't want to do the tattoo, saying, what if you go blind? She wasn't on board with that at all. Now she wishes he had listened to her wise seven-year-old. Oh. The grown woman was left hospitalized by the eyeball modification after a potential reaction to the ink. I don't know. How 20- stupid are you if you're, I wish I would have done, was just getting one eye blinded by getting it tattooed not listening to the advice of your seven-year-old right who didn't think it was a good idea to get a tattoo on your eyeball yeah again i've got to scroll past these pictures of her forked ton and multiple face tats <laughs> oh god oh why does that horrify me so much does it horrify everybody horrifies me I, uh, don't show me i don't want to see it <laughs> uh For months after tattooing her right eye blue in 2020, she had no complications. Some dryness and headaches. Then she opted to tattoo her left eyeball purple. She wanted to be extra different. Sure. And uh, then things took a turn for the worse. Swollen eyelids. Trouble seeing, which is really one of the key aspects of going blind. (laughs) That's the worst part. (laughs) Anyway, there's not a lot left to this story. Um, Yeah. Mother of five, has her tongue split, has face tattoos, a gazillion piercings, then got her eyes tattooed and is now blind. How much government money does this person deserve? (sighs) You know, our kids kids. don't deserve it. The kids. Seven-year-old sounds off like she's off to a good start, got common sense. Oh, jeez. I don't know. Stupid should hurt. Stupid does hurt. I do stupid things all the time that hurt. I did one the other day. I actually quoted you to someone. I said, Joe would call this the stupid tax. Oh, boy. Well, Lord knows I've paid my share of that. Paying the stupid tax. I did one last night. I was uh, door dashing a pizza to my house because I was sick, and so I was door dashing pizza for the kids to eat. And uh, I had not changed the address in my door dash from the work address here which I had used to DoorDash cream for my coffee about a week ago. Ah, and yeah. so I DoorDashed a pizza to the radio station at 7 o'clock at night. And uh, this is the third time I've done this. Hmm. So then I had to DoorDash another pizza to my home to feed my kids, and I called the newsroom here at the radio station and said, Hey, good news, I've done it again. There's a pizza waiting for you outside. <laughs> and they all went down, got their pizza, and ate it. Ah. It's a stupid tax. I feel like my stupid tax is a higher percentage than the average person's, but because I do a, this sort of thing a lot. Well, it's analogous to a high earner, I guess. You think so? It's a progressive tax system. <laughs> so I have the ability to do more stupid things? or Well, no, just, I mean, people who, who earn a little stupid pay very low stupid tax. Oh, okay, gotcha. But it's a it's sliding scale. It's progressive. The stupider you are, you pay a higher percentage of tax. Okay. As it goes up. Seems to be the way it's working for me.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But resist, we must. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Space! The headline is, the search for intelligent life is about to get a lot more interesting. And and they go through the history of this thing um, with the various space probes sent out into the cosmos and the new Hubble Space Telescope. Oh, yeah. Or, that, I'm sorry, the James Webb uh, Telescope. Those web pictures that came out last week of that one galaxy that had whatever was 100 million planets in that one picture, I mean... It's imp- It defies logic to not believe there's life somewhere out there. Oh, yeah. The numbers of planets. Actually, I got some of that in front of me. But um, also, not only new, uh, exciting, recently deployed technologies to peer into the great distance, but uh, a program that I'd been unaware of that started a handful of years ago um, that's really up and running now is these guys are creating a, uh, what they call it, a library of what they call techno-signatures. Like every technology humankind has ever come up with, what does it sound like 
if you're listening through one of the uh, astounding pieces of equipment that we have now that I can hardly even comprehend. What would civilization sound like? Because for like during the 20th century, we were obsessed with radio waves. Surely they're sending us radio signals and waiting to hear ours, which is conceivable, I suppose. But, you know, maybe they have no interest in it. Maybe it hasn't occurred to the Plunotians to even look outward or send signals. But what would it sound like if they have a factory or they have televisions or they use nuclear power or a thousand other things? And so they've created this library of possible techno signatures that now they have the equipment to go looking for. So it's a huge leap forward in our ability to sniff out signs of intelligent life uh, in the cosmos. So, you know, I, 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 had a, I took a class in college because I was told it was very, very easy, and indeed it was. Um, <laughs> but it had to do with uh, searching for intelligent life in the universe and how you would go about doing that. And it was super interesting. I really got it. That's right. People sir. always say intelligent life. What if we find morons? What if we find a planet full <laughs> of paste-eaten morons? They're they're alive and they're surviving, but just every one of them just dumb, talking about dumb stuff with dumb hobbies. <laughs> um, we've already found that planet, Jack. <laughs> it's Florida. <laughs> no, we live on it. Oh. Uh, so the confirmed tally of planets this point that we've found circling stars is almost it's about 5100 and the number grows by several hundred a year and as the scientist writes pretty much every star you see in the night sky has a planet around it if not a family of planets and that's just taken hold in the past decade or so we just couldn't see them before so i remember learning that oh it's very rare for a star to have a planet no it's like very very common as it turns out so there are as many stars as there are grains of sand on Earth, which is my favorite stat to try to wrap your head around, and almost all of those have planets around them. That's yeah. incredible. Well, because there are probably at least 100 billion stars in our galaxy, the, the Milky Way, and an estimated 100 billion galaxies in the universe, the potential candidates for life as well as for civilizations that may possess technology, et cetera, involve numbers almost too large to even comprehend. Sure, Absolutely. And our tools keep getting better and better to look for it. So that's kind of cool. And I hope I'm alive when that uh, word comes down, because that will be when what the word, coolest thing ever. When what word comes down? You hope you're alive when you find out what? Breaking well, news. Well, that we've we've found with near certainty there is intelligent life on Zimtron 13. We've intercepted their TV signals. They like game shows, too. We're thinking of reaching out. Uh-oh, they have a taste for human flesh. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, it's going to be so exciting. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. And then, <laughs> and then this from Newsweek, 90 will be the new 40 in 10 years' time. I'll give you the short version of this. And part of this has to do with a, uh, a scientist and his app and his program, so I'm not going to give him an ad, but they're talking about a couple of different aspects of aging. Number one, so much has been discovered in terms of aging and anti-aging and, and nutrition and exercise and various therapies and stuff that you can do, and it can keep you on track making sure you're doing all of them. If it involves giving up scotch, I'm not interested, but... Um, <laughs> 
Among the 14 areas of research that this scientist is particularly excited about is a technique called therapeutic plasma exchange. Long-time listeners of the show know that I, Joe Getty, have been on this beat for a long time. It involves removing blood plasma and exchanging it with donated blood products. More specifically, taking out my tired old guy blood and infusing me with virile young person blood. Nothing counts so much as blood. And that actually makes a difference? In animal studies, it's been shown to reverse skin, pancreas, muscle, and cardiovascular aging. Uh, In one notable study, the technique was shown to slow down several aspects of cognitive decline in patients with mild to moderate Alzheimer's disease. I have a friend who will remain nameless who goes to a foreign land on a semi-regular basis to receive these treatments. Really? Yes. I can see why they're going to remain nameless because they probably don't want all their friends to know. And so goes to a uh, to Thailand and gets um uh, not a young person's blood pumped into them and anybody going to Thailand for young people it ain't for blood and okay? so what are the results? Uh, he swears it's been of of great benefit. Do you notice of... a difference in him? Oh, I, I don't spend enough time with him to to be a a learned observer of that. But he's willing to say out loud to people he knows that uh, oh yeah I go to. I go to Pakistan when they're not flooding it's and not have Pakistan, young... Pakistan, it's in our hemisphere. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying so, that. So I'm, so I'm in Rio. I get a tan. I get some young people... Getting warmer. <laughs> getting young, <laughs> I get some young people's blood pumped into me, and yeah. uh, and then I go dancing or... He's a very bright guy. Motocross riding or whatever. Even very bright people can delude themselves. The power of placebos is incredibly strong, but he swears by it, and, you know, I'm... I, uh, I've got to admit, I am curious. It makes a difference. I could also drop 10 pounds and work out one more time per week and probably have more energy and feel better. Right. You know, that's a, that's, it's funny you say that because there are ways to feel a lot better, but they aren't very easy. We're always looking right. for the pill cream pint of blood of the young. <laughs> That is uh, effortless to get what we want. Although, you know, honestly, and I'm being serious here. Give me your that, blood. If that, <laughs> I, honestly, Don't I'm being serious here. You. <laughs> if you're if you're under thirty, mail me your blood in a container with dry ice, please. I will not accept warm blood. I have donated blood semi regularly through my life, particularly in my younger years. And if if a young person is out there and says, "Wait a minute, you'll give me how much for a pint?" or a quarter, a gallon, or however much I can get, and I'm an old guy with a couple of bucks, I'm starting to feel my years, please, that's a match made in heaven. That's the free market at work. Yeah, so he's a little lightheaded, sits on the couch tonight and watches Netflix. Has a couple of cookies and a glass of orange juice. He'll be fine. (laughs) Now, at the point that, you know, evildoers are are abducting people and chaining them and and draining their blood, uh, uh, you know, without... Their consent in some sort of unholy blood farm. If that's what I have to do. (laughs) I mean, obviously, there are some ethical issues with that. (laughs) Some. (laughs) I mean, but if it's entirely voluntary, again, I'm. Oh, you would you would have you would have no problem getting volunteers. That's what's interesting about this. There would be. I would have done it when I was young, wouldn't you? There'd be endless people, young people, thinking, "Hell yeah." 
It's Friday. I need a couple of bucks. I want to go out. I'm going to go da- donate to some blood, some lazy old people, and I'm uh, and I'm going to go get my cash. You know, I haven't even brought up the erections. Oh Lord, the erections. It helps I'm, with I'm that guessing. Also? Oh, you're I just guessing. <laughs> I'm hope. I'm hoping. We already have drugs for that. Yeah, that's true, and that's probably enough of that. No, that probably is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they mention there are lots and lots of things you can do to slow brain aging, like uh, uh, playing puzzles and games that test your brain, that sort of thing, too. So drain the blood of the young and do those things. Yeah, so if you're under 30 and you want to meet me every Friday afternoon so I can get ready for the weekend, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I forewarned you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How do you pronounce this football player's name that was in all that we were talking about? Geez, we talked about him every day for a while. Manti Teo, I think, right? Is that right, Hanson? We'll find out. We're gonna, so Manti Teo. And uh, back when this story exploded, God, we talked about this for days. Remember? Oh, yeah. We were reading transcripts and playing audio and i mean this was quite the the soap opera do i remember yeah, but, just before we get so there's a documentary out 
just to refresh my memory briefly, even if it's wrong, before I get into the documentary, was uh, going to be a giant. So he's a college football player on track to become Mm -hmm. a giant star, was engaged to a chick he'd never met before, doing some sort of online thing, and it turned out she was a dude. Is that right? Yeah, she didn't exist, per se, and they kind of deal with that in the trailer. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering if I remembered that story right at all. Why yeah. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and, then, and then he was on, I, like, Ellen well, and Dr. Phil and stuff like that. Well, and I'd forgotten the... Well, let's play the trailer, then okay. we'll discuss it. Manti Teo had an absolutely astounding senior year. His grandmother and girlfriend, Lene Kikua, had died the same night. He dedicated his season to them. It was an amazing story. I mean, they were with me, you know. I'm missing. One problem, his girlfriend did not exist. I don't think anyone can appreciate how big a story it became. This was a very sophisticated hoax, perpetrated for reasons we can't understand. At this point, I'm at the Heisman ceremony. I don't know what to think, and I can't tell anybody what's going on. He'll never say it affected his play, but you could definitely see something was up. We just thought, what sick joke is someone trying to put on us? My uncle immediately said, I think you're getting catfished. Right? Ready to roll, man? Yeah. I created this fictional character, Lene. I totally felt fear. I didn't have courage to just be like, this is who I am. It became evident that we had a major story. I was afraid this was going to affect my NFL future. I don't think he had any concept of how much the media will build you up and then tear you down. I didn't expect it to blow up so quickly. This is about to hit the fan. That's when everything went chaotic. There were two people. It was crazy. My whole world changed, and I'm questioning everything. And Alex, you can jump in if you want, because you're a sports fan, if we uh, for if we misremember anything. So did he actually win the Heisman? No, he came in third, I believe, that year. Okay, but he, he gave the speech about how his girlfriend had died at some point, and that became a really big thing. That was like a... Yeah, his grandmother and girlfriend died, like, simultaneously on the eve of the big game. I mean, it was just too incredible a story, and he had to bravely go out there and, and, and play anyway. Now, Granny has passed. That part was real. So He wasn't being Granny catfished. So Alex said something when he came in the room. He said, we all owe him an apology. Why do you say that, Alex? Oh, yeah. I, I've watched bits and pieces. I'm not completely through the documentary yet, but he... He was a young man playing at a high level of football. He was focused on football, and the, the main reason he hid this whole thing when it blew up was because he didn't want to be seen as a crazy guy who was in a serious relationship with a girl who he had never met. Right, well, which makes you look pretty crazy, but, you know, he's also a kid. Exactly. He's a young man, and he's a very talented football player, and unfortunately the whole situation essentially tanked his career. In what way did it tank his career? Well, he was in the, you know, for those who aren't familiar with college football, the Heisman Trophy is the best player in the nation that year. And he's in the finalists, and it's a very elite uh, section of players. He's going into the NFL draft. This whole story drops after the big game. It dropped his draft value, so which affects his paycheck. And the only thing anyone ever talked about once he made it to the NFL was the non-existent girlfriend. No one ever talked about his play on the field. It obviously affected his play on the field. And he's now out of the league. So he didn't have the ability to to ignore it and keep playing, which I'm not knocking him for that, because it was a pretty big story and he was a kid. 
And it was like the big story all of oh. 2013. Well, I can't believe how much we talked about it. Well, and you'd think, you know, a guy of that much ability might be able to transcend that, and, and his play on the field just makes everybody forget, but it was so massive. And if it followed him everywhere, it could distract and dis- discourage a guy. Well, it- imagine playing against somebody in the NFL. You're, it's a vicious sport, and they're going to sit there and chirp in your ear. Hey, oh, Maddie, you're the guy who's dating a guy of Ficky. You tonight? I'm your new girlfriend, Maddie. Oh, yeah. It would mm. be in his head all the time. Oh, God. Wow. I'm remembering why we talked about it so much. I mean, it's unfair to, to, the, to the poor guy that fell for it, um, but, I mean, it's a pretty hard story to ignore. Well, and the fact that it was this transgender person who just wanted to be a hot woman, so kind of became one using other people's pictures and, and recruited family members to back up the story. I mean, it was, it was absolutely conspiracy to commit fraud. What year was it? 2013. So I'm thinking that it, part of the reason it exploded so much, it was early in the whole online dating thing when it was becoming like super mainstream and common. Early in the whole trans thing, when that was right. becoming way more of a conversation. So it had, you know, a couple of points of interest converging at the same time. And it's just, eh, it's a compelling story. Poor yeah. guy. Yeah. I mean, we made fun of him a lot, just like everybody else did. And, uh, but, you know, you're a small town guy. Here he comes from this small village in Hawaii. Not a lot of life experience and everything. And just oh, thrust onto the international stage. Oh, That's rough. Yeah. That is rough. Yeah. Uh, and then all, all, I do want to wrap it up. He's a nice guy, all things. He donates time to the Special Olympics, the Hawaii Food Bank. He's an Eagle Scout. You know, all those things. He's a great kid. So he has no known... Uh, like outstanding flaws other than he was super naive about a love relationship. And he got duped by an insidious plot. Yeah. Which is why we owe him the apology. Yeah, because that sucks, because there's plenty of, uh, Deshaun Watson last week, there's plenty of scumbags in the NFL. I mean, just rotten to the core, awful human beings, allegedly. Um, this guy's only crime was being naive about love and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's rough. I kind of feel bad about that whole thing. Cuz Jack said some mean things at the time. Prob- I defended the poor lad. I believe I believe one of us uh regularly made uh you know, acted out scenes of a fake phone call and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, but man, so sad. you know, you know, and my, you know, I don't know what level of uh, naive my kids are going to be, but I if I'm close enough to to them to know what's going on, I certainly am going to say so you, you haven't met this girl at all. You've never met her face to face. Okay. I gotta say, I'm a little concerned about that. I have seen people duped and logic is a mouse in the face of the lion of their emotion and their needs. Nothing will cloud your judgment like falling in love. Nothing. And or being horned up and or, and or sex. I mean, for other people, I've never been a victim of that myself. I'm the rational man. I'm practically Mr. Spock over here. But, yes, for normal people, yes, it will make you a crazy person. Uh, One more question, Alex. What does the point of this documentary seem to be? Is the point what you said? We all owe him an apology? I think it's more to recap just how wild the situation was. The point of it is to make money because it's still an entertaining story. That's the point of the documentary. Oh, yeah. That's Netflix. The point of view of the documentary, I guess. Uh, but it's part of a series that they have uh, but is it mostly Does it mostly make him look like a victim of something? I mean, he was a victim of something. I haven't oh. finished it. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. 
I've got to believe it does. And I mentioned earlier in the show, I just finished watching the three-part documentary on Woodstock 99, which is uh, called Trainwreck, I believe. That's that's worth a look, too, if you remember that festival. It, and it, it's a throwback to the heyday of MTV. You got Kurt Loder reporting live, and Limp Bizkit playing and whipping up the crowd. And I, I've seen the trailer where it's got the part where Kid Rock comes out and does that thing where he just screams, My name is Kid! That crowd goes berserk. Yeah, that was the things are going well part of the festival. <laughs> it's an interesting gl- glimpse into humanity, particularly young men when massed together with no rules. Mm. No rules, not just right. Documentaries are having a moment to last several years, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah because if you're in the mood for one, you know where to go. Yep. Armstrong and Getty. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.